Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Dear listeners, before embarking on this episode's journey, permit me to remind you that most of my podcasts are culled from the pages of realskiers.com. I also wish to remind you that subscribers to realskiers.com, only $24.95 a year for new subscribers and $19.95 for returning members, are entitled to share their problems and woes directly with me. I'm normally able to answer inquiries within 48 hours, usually less. And now, this week's episode. Seasons greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to this episode. Now that snow is finally falling, dreams of skiing powder are morphing into reality. I've already composed a lengthy prelude to this episode's subject, Big Mountain Skis, so I won't pad this podcast with an added layer of authorial insight. I'll dive right in. Right after I mention that all the reviews of Big Mountain Skis I'm detailing herein can also be read at your leisure on realskiers.com. Happy New Year! It wouldn't be unfair to lump all skis over 100 millimeters at the waist into a giant bucket labeled powder and leave it at that. Obviously, the fatter the ski, the better the flotation, so pick a ski based on how high you want to ride on new snow and you're good to go. We decided to divide the powder pie in two because there are big behavioral differences between the big mountain bundle of skis at 101 millimeters to 113 millimeters underfoot and the cluster over 120. The very fact that most manufacturers make at least one model in each genre verifies that there are reasons to make two distinct models to serve the big mountain and powder categories. The best of the Big Mountain Brotherhood are everyday skis for strong riders on, you guessed it, Big Mountains. But there are also easy riders in the Big Mountain Corral, skis that will help the less talented whip their powder skills into shape. The split personality of the Big Mountain genre is a result of the evolution of the fat ski phenomenon as a whole. Twenty years ago, when the concept of powder skis was still in its infancy, fat boys were conceived as learning aids for the uninitiated. Experts initially avoided the budding category as if they were badges of ineptitude, until they tried them. When Shane McConkie straight-lined a legendary cool war on a pair of 90mm volant chubs, the collective attitude of the elite was tweaked. Suddenly, a new mini-market emerged for high-octane athletes seeking first descents on previously unskiable pitches. Movies from Matchstick Productions and Teton Gravity Research showcased a new frontier in adrenaline sports, and the race was on to see who could make the best tool for these new-school, big-mountain athletes. Flashing forward to today, both communities, those who want to maintain their speed in new snow and those who want to maintain their dignity, are being overserved by a brilliant buffet of options. Whether you tear into powder or tiptoe in, the right big mountain ski will make slicing knee-deep fresh snow nearly effortless. People in the market for a powder ski tend to think bigger is better, that if a little flotation is good, massive flotation is better. It's true that there's no substitute for surface area, but flotation isn't the only quality required for off-trail conditions. Some aptitude for moving quickly edge-to-edge is useful in moguls, which inevitably develop where snowcats fear to tread. Edging accuracy comes in handy on steep traverses, and short-radius turns are de rigueur in pucker-tight couloirs. Point being, the slightly narrower chassis of a big mountain ski is probably a better powder ski for most skiers than the super-wide models that qualify for the powder club by being next to useless anywhere else. 
Every big mountain ski pries the tip and tail off the snow to some degree because there's no better way to motor through crud, Powder's wicked stepbrother, than with a tip that won't catch and a tail that won't hang up. Some big mountain models are cambered underfoot, some aren't. The biggest behavioral chasm in the category is the separation of models that can be trusted to hold just a ribbon of edge on hard snow, and those who do their best work in the worst conditions, drifting over rubble like it was made from ice cream. There are two major provisos that need to be shouted from the rooftops. One, acquiring an everyday ski that is too wide poses an increased risk of joint fatigue and even injury to the skier, even if she or he never falls. And two, skiers charging full speed on skis with huge girth but little effective contact area and perhaps no capacity for clean edging pose a danger not just to themselves, but every other person in their flight path. Please pay attention, because this is why our test criteria are more important today than ever. Heavily rockered skis in the big mountain waist width zone of 101 millimeters to 113 can easily inspire the illusion that their owner suddenly has skills. After all, he can now kill it in the freshies, charging like an off-the-rails locomotive. When he rolls his act out on the groomers, still hauling, still squatting over the middle of his skis, his ultra-rocker tips and tails wildly slapping the snow, his ability to change trajectory and avoid the downhill skier is perilously close to nil. This is perhaps the most important slope safety issue of our time. Please, people, restrict your use of big mountain skis to the off-trail terrain for which they were designed. Now let's take a look at the 2021 Big Mountain Field in particular. Every model earning a recommended medallion in the Big Mountain category has a sibling in either the All Mountain West or Powder genres, or, or both, so it's a good bet that any new Big Mountain ski will be a member of a two- to six-model family. It's important to note that models that share a family association may not always share the same construction. Out of five fresh faces in 2021, Two are unique spins within an all-new lineup, Blizzard's Cochise 106 and Rossignol's Black Ops Center Tie. Among the new arrivals, Dinastar's twin-tipped M-Free 108 earned the highest accolades, its loose baseline smearing imperturbably in POW, yet gripping with sufficient tenacity and groomers to please power skiers. Brother brand Rossignol's Sender Tie is cut from completely different cloth from its square tail to its gently rockered tip. It uses a plethora of damping devices to keep it plastered to the snow, be it hard or soft. Solomon already had a brilliant lightweight entry in the big mountain field, so it went the other direction with its new Stance series. The Stance 102 headlines a three-model collection that all use the same wood and metal makeup with better stability at speed when conditions are glassy. When it comes to stability at speed, no one can touch the Cochise 106. As is the case with luxury sedans, just because it's easy to handle doesn't mean it wants to take it easy. K2 rounds out the two-year transformation of its entire Alpine collection with the launch of a three-model twin-tipped clan, of which the Reckoner 102 is the skinniest. If you love the sensation of surfing soft snow, this omnidirectional craft will float your boat. Last season's sudden conclusion clipped off a critical chunk of our usual data collection, and what season we had before that didn't favor skis made for soft snow. Among the casualties of these twin calamities was the opportunity to put three new models of interest through their paces, Dina Star's M-Pro 105, Liberty's Evolve 110, and Vocal's Katana 108. 
From what we know of these designs, we expect each in its own way to be stellar. If you're currently flailing in new snow, you're on the wrong gear. Powder is the one condition in which the choice of ski can actually improve your skiing experience without actually requiring you to improve your skiing if you catch my drift. A properly sized and selected big mountain model will make you a better powder skier a lot faster than a great technical ski will turn you into a proficient carver. Now let's take a look at our finesse favorites within this category, what we call the kicking back club. The original idea behind making a ski as fat as 110 millimeters underfoot wasn't to open previously unskiable terrain to world-class athletes, but to allow those without such skills to be able to navigate less forbidding pitches when the snow is knee-deep. Our finesse favorites fulfill this mission by bringing a sense of playfulness to the business of floating and smearing through powder. They prioritize ease over accuracy, allowing the less proficient powder skiers to more easily access this exciting terrain. The ulterior motive behind manufacturing such models is, of course, to sell you a second pair of premium skis. We warn you, once you go fat, you never go back. Which means, once you ski the deep on one of these plump beauties, you'll never again foray into pow without fatties on your feet. Our number one finesse ski, as it has been for a couple of seasons now, is the Nordica Enforcer 104 Free. Two years ago, the Nordica Enforcer 110 earned the title of Easiest Big Mountain Ski. Last year, the crown stayed in the Enforcer family, but passed to a new epitome of ease, the Enforcer 104 Free, that continues to hold the throne in 2021. By the way, the Free is a fresh suffix this year that denotes the slightly lighter wood core that's been in the 110 since its introduction. The Enforcer 104 Free leapfrogged to the front of our finesse rankings by being even more maneuverable and responsive than the highly recommended ski that served as its role model. Back-to-back runs on the 110 and 104 and 10 inches of partially tracked powder confirmed what one might suspect a priori, that the narrower ski was noticeably easier to steer no matter how you slice it. Whether pivoting your feet to make a short turn shorter or banking off a wind drift, the Enforcer 104 took less force to guide. To the obvious question, is a 104 waist-width ski really necessary in a line that already has cornerstone models on its flanks in the original Enforcer 100 and the 110? We have an equally obvious answer. Oh, yes. At the 104 millimeter width, the girth of the ski is less of a liability and more of an asset as it takes less muscle to power it. It still feels as stable as a mini tanker. The overriding sensation is that you can't be knocked off your feet no matter what you hit in the flat light that often prevails on powder days. Yet it remains lively and responsive to pressure. It doesn't just reward competence, it bestows grace. Jim Schaffner, the XXL owner of Start House, who moonlights as a race coach when he's not fitting boots for U.S. team members, put the Enforcer 104 free through its paces at Snow Basin in wind-affected crud and came away duly impressed. Quote, what a really, really fun ski, he raves after stepping out of a 106-centimeter model. It even comes in a 191-centimeter suitable for anyone with the strength of Thor. Said Schaffner, it allowed me to relax quite a bit more in the broken up stuff. It doesn't take so much muscle energy to make the skis go. The biggest thing I noticed, uh, compared to the Enforcer 93 and the 100, is its ability to just allow you to relax. For sure, it was the best of the three Nordica skis I tried today. 
There are times when just a small change in geometry lands on a magic combination of shape and energy that amplifies the best qualities in a particular design. The arrival of the Enforcer 104 Free marks just such an occasion. The newest kid on the block already feels not merely like a member of the band, but its front man. For its transcendental ease of operation, we again award the Enforcer 104 Free a Silver Skier selection. Our next big mountain finesse ski is the Dinastar M3 108. This season, Dinastar debuts the most significant changes to its core collection of free ride skis since the Chamonix Valley brand launched the first version of the Sham design in 2012. The new free ride family has three branches M Pro for flat tailed all terrain models, M Tour, a 99mm backcountry board, and M Free, a pair of twin tips made to surf big lines on big mountains. The emerging stars of the 2021 line are the M-Pro 99 and the subject of this review, the M-Free 108, which bedazzled the few lucky enough to essay it last winter. No question that the M-Free 108 is built to butter around in deep powder. It uses a shallow side cut to minimize sinkage, along with tapered tips and tails that shorten the platform underfoot. This makes it a brilliant drifter that can be swiveled in a phone booth. (laughs) Remember those? (laughs) Its hybrid core uses poplar down the center and a swath of PU on either side to dampen the ride without impinging its lively response to pressure. Theron Lee, a longtime Dinastar fan, found the M3108 to be, quote, very damp and smooth, but with great rebound, easy to turn and stable at speed, very playful yet has plenty of power. Ski's kind of short. Every behavior cited by Lee can be traced to the M3108's abbreviated but responsive center section buffered by twin-tipped extremities that are tapered and rockered out of the way. A point of interest to a ski design nerd like your editor is that the M3108 gets so much out of its simple construction and dimensions that hark back to the earliest days of shape skis in the 1990s. A 30mm drop between tip width and waist is so traditional in this genre as might as well be considered a standard, with only minor deviations from this norm in our 2021 roundup of big mountain boards. A 10mm taper between tip width and tail is another rule of thumb that the M3108 conforms to. The only finesse attribute of the M3108 that isn't off the charts is its facility at short turns, not surprising for a 108 with an 18-meter side cut radius and a 182 cm. Of course, in powder, its preferred playground, drifting is more useful than carving, and its eminence at spearing makes short work of short turns without ever trying to find an edge. Note that there are no women's versions of the M3 models as the design requirements for the fairer sex and those for off-trail skis overlap making a woman's model moot. The M3108 is not only gender neutral, it also doesn't discriminate on the basis of age. Because it makes powder skiing absurdly simple, we award the M3108 a silver skier selection. Our next nearly perfect big mountain ski for the finesse skier is the Nordica Enforcer 110 Free. The Enforcer 110 is so good at motoring through crud that it jumped to the top position among big mountain models in its debut season. Its reign would have certainly continued had Nordica not fashioned an Enforcer 104 last year, which usurped the throne so briefly held by the model from which it was cloned. 
Just because the narrower and lighter Enforcer 104 Free feels more maneuverable than its stouter Big Bro doesn't mean the Enforcer 110 Free suddenly morphed into a lugubrious tanker. It's still remarkably agile for its girth, and its camber pocket delivers a lively turn finish that makes its ski lighter than it actually weighs. Quote, This is the most versatile wide-profile ski I've ever used, gushed boot Dr. Bob Gleason. An uncanny blend of big ski float and directional fortitude, with a quickness and rebound that will have you tap dancing in the tight spots. Two winters ago, I was able to saddle up an Enforcer 110 Free in the conditions for which it was made. Lots of tracked-up pow on trail and lush powder lines in the trees. It was a storm day with blustery winds, so if you weren't in the woods, you couldn't see squat. The situation called for a ski that could absolutely care less about what lay ahead. The Enforcer 110 either rolled over or obliterated whatever dared cross its path. Its ability to plane over uneven surfaces allows it to ride high enough that it's easy to throw him sideways to scrub speed or foot swivel a short radius turn. If the crud ever turns confrontational and tries to toss you around, it's a sign you're not running them at a high enough RPMs. A 110 millimeter wide ski with 2.4 millimeter sheets of tetanol on board needs wind in its sails to become energized. You have to trust that if you aim it downhill, it will reward your faith with rebound energy that will make it 10 times easier to steer. It may no longer be the king of even its own country, but the Nordica Enforcer 110 Free is still one of the best powder skis ever made. While it never hurts to be a strong technical skier, in its shorter lengths, the Enforcer 110 is forgiving enough to serve lighter or less powerful skiers, as well as the community of hard chargers. For its big tent accessibility, we again award the Enforcer 110 free a silver skier selection. Next up in our collection of Big Mountain Finesse skis is my personal favorite, the Solomon QST-106. If Solomon's brand identity over the last 40 years could be summarized in a single word, it would be innovation. The driver behind its history of successful new product introductions is a corporate culture grounded in extensive research and development. Solomon's ANSI Design Center continues to launch breakthrough products capable of disrupting a market, such as the shift binding. The same relentless devotion to R&D that made the shift possible spurred Solomon to redesign the QST-106 two seasons in a row. The list of last year's changes may sound like a handful of minor alterations, but together they turbo-boosted the QST-106 1920 power score and its 1920 finesse score shot even higher. So what seemingly minor tweaks resulted in a major performance lift? Let's start at the top of the turn, where cork replaced choroid as the lightweight shock filter. The cork damplifier is reputed to be 16 times more shock absorbent than the honeycomb it replaced. It's like Xanax for the QST-106 tapered tip, calming it down so nothing disturbs it. Moving to the center of the arc, continued serenity on edge is assured by a substantial tetanal plate. Added dampening, a big differentiator between the 106 of two seasons ago and this year's, comes from a flax laminate in the same area. Carbon and basalt are intertwined in end-to-end -end strands to help manage flex distribution and rebound. Driving through the end of a long radius arc, a cork damplifier in the tail kicks in, while the QST-106's trimmed-down tail width eliminates hang-ups. The current ski's overall narrower shape gives it a more fall-line orientation that helps it maintain momentum and choppy crud. I confess I've been maintaining a soft snow days only liaison with the QST-106 since we first met, so my bias in its favor is ingrained. 
I'm now seeing a 181cm106, which strikes me as the perfect blend of flotation for soft snow and grip on hard snow. Instead of dreading the latter, I find the QST106 to be so natural and imbued with fluid fortitude that I stop noticing its width and simply ski. Even as the RPMs ascend, it stays the course, laying down long turns as if to the manner born. Because of its brilliant balance between power and finesse virtues, we again award the QST-106 a silver skier selection. I see my sound engineer frantically waving at me, which can only mean that this episode risks exceeding the forbearance of my dear listeners. The 11 big mountain models still to illuminate will have to wait until our next rendezvous. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.